She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. Happy to have you with us today. Hope you are following us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at My360Karma. And also, 360karma.com, of course, is uh, where you can find the events that we have coming up. We have events coming up to it that will empower women and help fund female entrepreneurs, and that's kind of what we're all about, as you know. Today, as always, we have on an amazing woman. She's a philanthropist, an activist, and also um, an advocate. Please give a warm welcome to Allison Gingold. Thank you for having me today. Oh, I really appreciate it. Hi, how are Hi, you? Good. I know we were trying to coordinate getting live on Facebook, and and all of a sudden we were on. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> um, Anyway, I'm so happy to have you on today. You. I, I know I it's it. in your DNA because you were sharing with me that your dad, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Moran, Bill Moran, yeah, uh, was in, has been in radio many, many years, and right. uh, but this is your first appearance on this, a radio show. This is so my first. One. I'm excited. This I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, I want to talk about um, so many things with you. One is that, you know, we were talking about how a thousand people a day in the U.S. alone, mm -hmm. have cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. and only 10% survive. Actually, less than that. Less than 10%. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. and how it affected how it affected your family mm -hmm. and what you did to help make a change with this that could help prevent some of this. So this is huge, and I want to talk about that. But first, I think people want to know, you know, who is Allison? And, uh -huh. uh, you know, basically, uh, I know you were born here in Los Angeles. Right. Um, like many of our uh, listeners, you were adopted. Mm -hmm. And um, what what was that journey like? Uh, uh, you were sharing with me, obviously, you were adopted by a great family. Yeah, I have a, have a great so, family in the Valley. I grew yeah. up in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. And um, uh, a great uh middle America Jewish family um, and uh, I mean I always had known that I was adopted from as a child uh, mm -hmm. when I was a little little kid but um, when I was of age to go find out I was in a, the time period of closed adoption mm -hmm. uh, I think it changed in 73 right so um, you would have to advocate for yourself to find out uh, if it was available for you to right. find out if uh, who your birth parents were so I didn't go looking until um, I was in college. Okay. And um, and then my birth mother had already put in some information in my records. I was adopted from Vista Del Mar. And uh, yeah, so we were able to connect and um, I, I still talk to her today. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And, and so you, obviously you're so happy that you, you've got to find that out. I, I would think being adopted that that's a tough thing, not, not knowing who your mother is. So it well, I mean, really, my parents are the ones who raised me, Absolutely. for sure. But yeah. I mean, there's always questions about just like, where did I come from? You right. know, like, what was my medical journey? Where yes. All those kinds of things. Just like unanswered questions. Right. Um, and that helped put some closure. Exactly. And, yeah. And actually, it's, it's closure and, and it creates like more openness because you're looking at all these other relatives and birth uh, people that you're related to. 
but um, but it definitely was uh, it was a really positive experience. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Something for other people to consider. Yeah, especially now that they have the uh, twenty three and Me and the and twenty three and Me. It's a funny thing. I think it can be very tricky to a lot of people. Yeah, um, because it opens up a big can of worms for people that might have not wanted to. Uh, disclose Go some of their private path. information and, and uh, all of a sudden they're saying oh look you're related to me and then yeah it opens up you know I haven't done it yet but I'm gonna do it I, I think I it's think. great no I, I think, think I don't should. know I might find a whole nother tribe out there <laughs> we um, might be related <laughs> you never know <laughs> uh, anything is possible so um so growing up here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles uh, I know you had shared with me initially you were going to school college as, in studying theater right to be an actress right the only one here in LA right I know. <laughs> I know I guess it's just something about growing up here that makes people want to be a part of the industry well also because yeah. my dad did an entertainment radio sure. show yeah um, I was exposed to it a lot he took me to every single possible theater production I could have ever wanted to go to yeah. and um it just it was really it was yeah. really deep inside so yeah, I really I wanted that. to do that but I vacillated because I also um wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to do something international. Yeah, I was going to say you took this yeah, big I really left turn. I really went back and forth. And yeah. and, and then I switched my major and then um, even after I graduated college, um, I vacillated. I said, yeah. should I just should I focus on theater or should I go to law school? So I went to there's law school. There's a disparity. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you can, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot you of closet. You could have law and order. <laughs> I, actually, that was the big thing in that time period. Yeah, I, right. I really want, I'm like, I should just be on that show. So, um, so but yeah. But you decided to take the path of going to law school right. mm-hmm. and becoming a lawyer. Right. Um, but then you were sharing with me that, you know, pretty much right after that, you started having your children. Right. And you've had three. Four. 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 Okay, so, so you were busy. Children. Yeah, I was really busy. busy. I yeah. had three back-to-back. Yeah. And then um, we waited like five years for um, to have the fourth. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it was, it's she's a blessing. Oh, they're all blessings, but yeah. she uh, she's wonderful. I love having like an, extra, an extra one. Yeah. So, so you have four kids. And um, so um, while you were raising those kids, I know you were already involved with Jewish Federation, mm-hmm. have been for... Like many 20 years, years yeah. many years. I wouldn't. Well, I, you, glad you said it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Twenty years, and yeah, since um, birth. <laughs> and um, you know, you've done a lot of great things here, working with the 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 women segment of it, right? Right. You know, encouraging women to be more philanthropic, right? Well, really encouraging them to say that like they have their own voice. Yes. And um, like and that's that. always been a big um, a big proponent of mine. Yes. Is to ensure that everybody has a voice at the table. Yes. And so um, I realized that I could go for- forth and forward. Yeah. Being in the women's philanthropy campaign, and um, and I met the most amazing women and each of yeah. them have their own separate passions yeah but all of us have um the community value of having a strong uh jewish federation here in los angeles yeah. and um i think that stronghold uh allows all these other women to to advocate for other other passions of theirs yeah uh, and the federation we've had them on uh the show and they do such amazing work and getting behind people and businesses and all kinds of well they really they really um They've really created strong ties with civic leaders, mm-hmm. and um, two of their tenants is um, civic engagement, uh, caring for Jews in need, and it's not just Jews in need; it's it's people across, in need. Uh, people in need. Yeah. So, um, 
and it's international. They're the, they're the first group that will come to hurricanes and to earthquakes. When the Malibu fires, I mean, they already would yeah. get um, an emergency response out. So That's um, great. I've been really proud of the work that we've done. So yeah. it's great. And I know you've been involved in other groups, uh, the um, SAM initiative, which we love, Mindy right. Friedman's group, that she gets women to put their money together so that it's more powerful to help nonprofits than, you know, single donations. Right. So well, when you're, when you're doing collaborative giving, it allows you to really make a marketable difference. Yes. Um, and you're do, and you're all doing it for the same, you all, have, all of these women, and they come from different backgrounds, yes. but they all want to have the same purpose of really making um, a mark on some of these right. um, groups that are really in need. So right. um, I'm really proud of that. And then uh, there's no lack of things that you're doing here. You've been the president of University Women at mm -hmm. AJU, mm -hmm. American Jewish University, right. um, where I was so fortunate to get to speak recently. Yeah, that was what wonderful. A great university. Thank you. Um, and and then also, um, more recently, I think you told me you got involved with this women's collective about uh, women in, helping women in politics. Right. So yeah. um, in response to how the election went, um, a lot of women um, had come together in Los Angeles and, and formed a woman's collective, mm -hmm. the Los Angeles Women's Collective, and that is putting um, not just our dollars and financial support, but our whole support to support uh, women candidates uh, here and, and also across the nation. Oh, I love that. So, and we've been really successful. Yeah. So um, some of those women now, we they they just became into office. So yeah. it's really exciting. I always say it's in my 360 Karma motto is about women helping women. Right. And there's nothing more powerful than women getting together with their minds and intent on something. Right. And they were intent and in getting more women into office. And right. look what's happened. Oh, it's just it's, been, it's, it's phenomenal. And look how many women are running for president. It's, how crazy, crazy and wonderful it's is this? It's crazy. I mean, yeah. even I remember, I remember growing up and, you know, those used to be those questions like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And people would say, I want to be president. But like you thought about being president, but that was like a small little wishful but now it's actually a reality it's pretty amazing to so allison are you announcing you're running for president <laughs> <laughs> i am not i am not i was the other night uh somewhere that uh marianne williamson announced she's running right. for president on monday night and uh we actually are going to a fundraiser this weekend for kamala harris yeah. and i just say there can't be enough female presidential candidates and they're really good ones and it's exciting it's really exciting yeah it's thrilling to see yeah. that they feel like they they feel empowered enough yes that they could have a voice and that yeah. they could have um, that they could actually make a difference yeah. uh, nationally and internationally. Yeah. Well, thanks to things like the collective that you're involved in. Yeah. You know, it really did take, I think, women supporting women mm -hmm. to get them to feel empowered like that. I also think it was a catalyst yeah. that um, when you see so much divisiveness, it had to hit a point of divisiveness yes. and disunity yes. for people to say this is not going to happen on my watch right exactly. and i think also for moms that are raising uh there's a maternal instinct that like yeah. you're not going to like do this to our children right and uh isn't it great that our generation can, ha can make that impact uh for the kids coming up yeah you know let's let's leave that legacy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we we created a uh, got rid of the disparity uh, between men and women in in all fields, right. uh, including politics. So, right. uh, yeah, we'd like we'd like that to happen on our watch. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, shifting a little bit, yeah. uh, I want to talk about what we started the show with, which right. was about 
a thousand people a day in the U.S. have mm-hmm. cardiac arrest. Oh my God. I think I'm going to cardiac arrest thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is like a, a staggering. <laughs> uh, and only 10% survive. That's, that's even scarier. Um, and apparently, you know, you had shared with me that your son, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, was in Israel and, and had a cardiac arrest. Right. And thank goodness survived it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's talk about how and why he survived it okay. and what you did as a result of this. So um, we went on this amazing uh, journey to Israel for my daughter's uh, bat mitzvah Mm -hmm. in 2009, in June of 2009. And was this birthright? It was not birthright. This is just a familial trip. Um, We went with other families that Uh are national uh, around the United States. Mm -hmm. Each of each of those families had a bar mitzvah age child. And so we didn't know them going on the trip. And then we would go on tours every day. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, halfway through the trip. And um, my son had not been feeling well. And I really, I just thought it was just like flu and mm-hmm. the, the jet lag, the travel. He was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think anything of it. Right. Um, obviously, if we would have been home in, in L.A., I would have been having him rest. But there wasn't an opportunity for that. Sure. So the day of her bat mitzvah, we were um, in Masada. They all had their bat mitzvah up in Masada. And then later that day, after a very long journey through the desert, we were visiting all these desert uh, places. We um, ended up in Elat, which is the southernmost part, mm-hmm. the beach community. And um, in the lobby of the hotel, he had um, had sudden cardiac arrest. Oh, my gosh. So it was really, it was um, it, it was, was quite this, surreal. Was, what brought it on? Does he have any type of? No, he has no. no. He has no, at yeah. 14 years at old. At 14 years old. So, um, but that stuff? happens. Yeah. No, I mean, it can happen. You can have a lot of, a lot of people have genetic underlying sure. problems and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't manifest itself. Right. Um, and sometimes um, what ends up happening is it manifests itself as cardiac arrest and, um, and then that's it because of certain circumstances where they don't have the, the right. proper response. So he was lucky. They had yeah. He's a blessing. Yeah, somebody yeah. that he's a walking miracle. That, so they had someone there that was able to. So um, we had a there was a doctor on our um, on our tour. Oh, one of the other families um, was a doctor, and he immediately started CPR. But but um, what really got it? And of course, I'm an advocate for CPR. Um, but there was an AED in the lobby of the hotel. And, um, and what's an AED? An AED is an automatic, automated uh, external defibrillator. Okay. And I um, mean, you see it on the TV yes. shows, for, yes. uh, on yes. the medical shows. And yeah. so, um, so it was in the lobby of the hotel, and they had immediate response by the security guards at the hotel since it was in the wow. lobby. Wow. And so, I mean, they they came right away, and that saved his life. It did save his life. Yeah. So. Because of this, you came back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and you started an affiliate of the Cardiac Arrest... So the Sudden Cardiac Arrest Sudden, Foundation. Sudden Cardiac Arrest Foundation. That's correct. And worked with them to get these well, actually, what, actually into what the happened, schools, right? Um, when I can't, so when we were in Israel, we had, honestly, the, the most amazing experience by the doctors... The um, the staff at the hospital um, in Soroka, um, and uh, but I always wanted to just get home to LA. You know, yes, you just want to right. get home. Yes. And so after we finally had the approval, after many many weeks of living there, um, we came home, and I was really surprised that 
there wasn't an AED in every building and nobody was trained in CPR. People were like in the 70s, but not anymore. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I was thinking like, oh, well, LA is like the premier medical premier, like health advocates in California. And we aren't, or we weren't. Yes. So um, uh, I got involved with the Sudden Cardiac Arrest Foundation just uh, because they have an amazing survivor network uh, program and a lot of uh, public uh, affairs uh, and accessibility on their education awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make a difference here in LA. So um, the school, it was a private, private school that my children attend, uh, Brentwood School. They had already, while we were in Israel, they were so responsive. They were really amazing. And they had already purchased AEDs um, for wow. both campuses. Wow. And then they trained all of their um, staff and faculty. Um, uh, and in I thought, CPR. In CPR. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is so amazing. What a school I have. And then I thought, well, that is terrible. Like, how could it only be my school? Right. You know, like, what about everybody else's school? Right. So um, I started looking into that. Right. And I realized that there's it's not on the books. And there's no... It's uh, it wasn't um, a requirement, so I kind of started, not a kind of. I just started um, making all of these connections. I mean, I have a lot of connections in because of all the philanthropy that I've done and the work that I've done through the federation, and just because I have four children, I have a lot of different friends in different fields, right. and I just really started an email campaign and a phone campaign and a. a face-to-face campaign with everybody that I knew. And um, it started uh, spiraling um, in a positive way. And then also, um, Freddie uh, Rodriguez is a, um, an assemblyman. He, he had to sponsor the bill. And then the bill was to advocate to say that, that high school students across California would have to be trained in CPR before wow. they graduated. Wow. So, so um, they passed the law. They passed the law. That's Yeah, fantastic. I went to Sacramento to, to speak for it. and um, But I had to get, it, it was one of those kinds of, um, you need to get, this person wants to hear that this person likes it. And this, right. it's one of those, yes. I'm not going to sign off on it unless this person does. Right. And then when I started having support from the LA City Council, from Eric Garcetti, our mayor, who's just an amazing leader here in LA. Um, and um, I had support from other people, uh, assemblymen, then I had support from the board of But the, what I love about this is one person can make a difference. One person can make so a difference. So if you're out there and you have a cause, right. you know, you can do what Allison did and get these council people on board and right. get the mayor on board right. and make laws to implement these right. things. Uh, what about the AEDs? Are they... So the AEDs are still... So there's... Each of these bills are their own subset. So there's going to be a bill for that too? Yeah, so there's bills of a lot of things. There's bills um, that have have passed recently in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. um, that I've advocated for that have to do with all the new buildings um, have to have an AED. I mean, it was already had, originally it had in certain health um, clubs, they have an AED. Do you know how many lives you've saved? So that's how, I mean, that's that's, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, you know, talk about a legacy. Right. Thank you. Well, yeah. I think it's just I mean, important. It's not just me. I mean, there's no, other parents that have been out there with right, me. Right, like, but those other parents are out there with you because you started it. And that's great that they got behind you. And I can tell, you know, it's a lot of work to, like you said, get everybody on board. It's right. politics. It's politics. Uh, but uh, 
But it was a it it's a kind of politics together. that like I felt very um very positive because yeah. it wasn't like I was um I didn't have to to give anything negative and I wasn't trying to to bend my um my beliefs. You know, I really think that that's what uh, we're here on the planet for. Right. Is uh, we we get like a download, mm -hmm. and it says this is what you need to do, and you either do it or you don't. Right. And so I think it's great you got that download. You didn't just care about your child; you cared right. about all the children, right. and and you carried that torch. And well, I felt like we were really blessed. We were blessed, and I it, felt and it was I'm, a responsibility that that like yeah. if I, I'm blessed, I would like everybody else to have that opportunity. And I and I see that lawyer in you. That's what <laughs> I think. That's what. You yeah, know? it's coming in handy. It came in handy. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe the acting and the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's where they both came together. There you go. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, I read another interesting statistic that just blew me away, and I happened to read it right after I spoke to you, oddly enough. Yeah. And it said one in 39 people will be assisted when they have a medical emergency on the street. Mm -hmm. Only one in 39 will a bystander help someone well, that was part who's of, in medical need. Right. That was part of why what I was How advocating. How sad is this? This is crazy. Well... Because number one, it used to be uh, mouth to mouth, yes. and now it's hands only. Right. So people were very reticent, especially in the '80s when there right. was a lot of uh, diseases, and they didn't know how they were um, transferring from one right. person to another. They were very reticent about putting their mouth on someone else's mouth, right. which is understandable. Yes, but um, but that was exactly what I was when I would advocate for this bill. Yeah, is I said you are training high school and middle school children who are very receptive still to wanting to have community with other people mm -hmm. to create an adult community right. that would be much more apt to respond to someone. Right. And if you get that ingrained in children younger, mm -hmm. um, as an adult, they're much more um, available to like want to help. Right, right. They, they're not so scared about it. Well, you know, um, I was going to say that um, it, it, it you know, it just goes to show that anybody out there can, can take some steps to make a difference. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I think it was very bold of you to, you know, really, I know it was a fight. I know it took yeah. a lot of energy. And well, I think of, it also, for me, yeah. I think the hardest part was just the beginning, just to, yeah. just to really say my story out loud, which yes. is our family story out loud. Yes. It was really difficult for yeah. a long time. Right. I had to kind of share it yes. and share it and the personal journey to share what, became a much more comfortable. The tragedy is hard, but yes. it wasn't really a tragedy at the end. It was right. a blessing. Yes. And um, once I shared it enough times, I was much more comfortable talking about it. Right. And um, and then I was able to move yeah. forward with it. Yeah. They always say there's a silver lining. Yeah. You know, so uh, sorry that happened to Zach, but yeah. look at how many people it's affected. And, yeah. you know, Marianne Williamson was saying the other day, the most important thing is educating and, and training our children they mm -hmm. are the future and so if all the schools to, uh, start training people on CPR mm -hmm. maybe that one in 39 people who are helped by bystanders will increase and hopefully be right. the majority right. instead of such a bleak minority right. so you know God willing look, yeah, I, yeah I mean what you've done is just started this ripple effect that could go across the country and well what, you when know. you know when I saw the success of how it how it went at the end and it was it was a long time coming because even politically 
there's questions about how we're going to fund it and yeah. it's a lot more it's a lot more deeper political than I right. realized it would be at the beginning. Right. I thought it was a no-brainer. Right. But um and how did you fund it? Did you get donations or Um well they have to they mm-hmm. each school district has to work it out so whether they partner up with the their local fire department mm. um or EMTs or whatever um or they put it they set aside some of their money in the health uh department mm-hmm. you know when they're allotting money for the schools that's how they have to figure they it have out to make it a priority mm-hmm. but they have to make yeah. it a priority well thank you so much for being thank on you. and I'm sharing so honored your story to have, thank you i appreciate it yeah thank you for the great work you're doing thank you for the great work you're doing i hope allison inspired you like she inspired me so get out there and make a difference we'll see you again next week wednesdays at noon make it a great week hugs and happiness